What is going on, everybody? We're coming at you again. Another episode here at the Big Gold Bell Podcast. It's the host, Two James, here. This is our episode 227. And I'm joined always and always by my good fellas. So, all right. So, we we know typically we got Hot Take Hill Will Mahoney here. What's up, dude? What is going on, man? It is a Friday here in the DMV, and I am glad we have made it to the end of the week because this may very well be the wildest week we have had to cover in ages on the Big Gold <laughs> Belt Podcast. <laughs> and um, I got to think of a nickname for this guy. I'm trying to think how I want to do this here. I, he goes by Dr. M, but the way how he's a uh, – creating these uh forest fires on our twitter page <laughs> <laughs> um what, what's what's the what's the guy that does the um that whole thing with uh, only you could prevent a forest fire what's his name again smoky the bear smoky the bear <laughs> yes <I got> it. <laughs> i'm gonna piece something together but dr <laughs> ma won't be dr m for long if, it, if i have any day to do with it and if anybody doesn't know like he he majority runs our social media. I, I I just do like a lot of the getting everything organized and all that. So don't don't give me no credit on social media. He's doing all that good stuff. But uh, occasionally I do ch- chime in there. And like Will said, it's been a crazy ass week on there. So I peeped in there one day on there and I was just like, what the hell is going on on Twitter right now? <laughs> Dimension's going crazy, but it's it's good. We we like the interaction. So for all our fans and everybody else out there showing us love, you know, the friend, the uh the follow Fridays, all that other good stuff, and you know, retweeting, sharing our stuff. We appreciate that. So, like, you know, keep keep bringing it on. Don't don't let my let don't let me be in deterrent and being scared getting on there uh to to stop you guys from doing that but anyway dr what's going on dude oh man just like uh heel will i am glad we made it to the end of a crazy week and some one of the days this week like the the morning it was one of the mornings i woke up exhausted and i couldn't figure out why i was exhausted and then it dawned on me that I was exhausted because of wrestling twitter <laughs> and <laughs> all the controversy <laughs> Uh, that had been going on that day. So certainly a lot to talk about from this past week for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the giant crash Jamal will be joining us in a little bit. So you'll hear another voice sooner or later. But we need to get started because we got tons of things to talk about. But I think in respect to maybe the most maybe the most recent hot news of this entire week obviously comes from the big stage of WWE where it was announced yesterday in the midday sometime that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff, first of all, like this, I just want everybody to understand, Eric Bischoff's name is mentioned here, um, have been named the executive directors for Raw and SmackDown, where Paul Heyman's to Raw and Eric Bischoff is to SmackDown. Um, And both will report directly to Vince McMahon and they're expected to see to oversee creative direction and on their respective shows. So huge news coming out of WWE. And it's huge because I 
for me, the internet marks says this is messing this up and this is blah, 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 blah. Well, look, there's some personnel changes going on here. And obviously, like, you know, there's been rumors about them trying to make things a little bit more edgier again and, you know, kind of pseudo the attitude error, whatever it may be. Like, there's, there's personnel changes in high places, which could only means that they are ultimately trying to better the product here. Um, and I'm cool with the news. Uh, I'm definitely cool. This, and, and, and after this news came a lot of other speculations and so forth. But um, initially, let's get first thoughts. What did you guys think when you heard the news? And uh, what, what you got for it? <laughs> this was the wildest, like most blindsiding out of nowhere thing we've had in a while. So this just dropped yesterday morning, Thursday morning. It was it was like about nine o'clock or so. Like a tweet went out from a uh, Justin Barrasso at a uh, Sports Illustrated, just saying uh, incoming major changes for WWE uh, about to be reported. And like I happened to be online when it came up, and I was like, "What the hell?" I mean, I, that you know, it was such a vague tweet that I was like, "Okay, major changes that could." mean anything i mean we're hearing all this stuff about they don't want wrestling during commercials so i was like what are they gonna do they're gonna make everything two out of three falls they gonna <laughs> they gonna they gonna do something where they're gonna like have less commercial breaks or something or you know something to do with the fox deal it was like you know who who knows what it was gonna be and they, they like within 10 minutes like the 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 next tweet went out with the exclusive story on sports illustrated and um there was no uh scenario that i can imagine where when I saw major changes that would have made me think, they're going to give Eric Bischoff some power and let him run, <laughs> run SmackDown. I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> I mean, I, my jaw hit my desk. This is out of nowhere. It's completely unexpected. And really, it's now a matter of what the heck to think about it. But there is no scenario around where I was thinking, you know, what's going to happen in 2019? Vince McMahon's going to give Eric Bischoff a show to run on <laughs> WWE television, and much less a show that is going to be on Fox this fall. <laughs> yeah. I was just as stunned. I, I was just as stunned. I Obviously, Raw and SmackDown... I think a lot of fans agree could do with a hard reset. And I've always admired Paul Heyman's creativity, Eric Bischoff's activity or creativity, but I'm cautiously optimistic because of that caveat that they both have to report to Vince McMahon. <laughs> right. And so I'm excited about it. I'm optimistic cautiously, but a lot will depend of course, on how much rope Vince McMahon gives both guys. Uh, if, if they get, enough room to be as creative as they can be, then I think this is a game changer. But if not, then I don't know if we're going to see a whole lot of significant differences. We'll see some for sure, but uh, it might be limited. So I'm going to expose a little bit about myself in a second. But first off, do you guys think that the two of them have a really working relationship with Vince, that this is a beneficial thing? Obviously, I don't know Vince. We always can speculate how Vince's are by trend of things. But like, in order to put two people under to report to a person, they have to have some form of understanding and be able to accept uh, constructive criticism as far as the product and you know just for better changes and so forth. Do you think these are absolutely the two guys that has that outlet to do so? <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. 
here's the thing. One of the first things that jumped out at me, both of them have very different um, prior relationships with Vince. Heyman, of course, break, break, break those down for sure. That, that's what. Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking a lot of history today that I can, <laughs> I can pull from going back on this kind of stuff with how Vince McMahon has handled these kinds of things. But think about it this way just to start. So Paul Heyman has been there and working at WWE pretty much since ECW went down. He's come and gone a few times, mm-hmm. but he's had a number of different roles there. You know, these days he's Brock Lesnar's advocate and all that kind of stuff and and has been involved a little bit with creative as far as like stuff involving ronda rousey Mm -hmm. and he supposedly recently has been involved with some of what they're doing with alistair black and of course you know he's always has hands in brock lesnar's stuff so he's had some stuff recently but prior to that of course the big things would be way back in the early 2000s when he was running smackdown for a couple years there and then of course the failed relaunch of ecw he was also in charge of for the first six months. So he's actually had times where he's been in charge of a portion of creative and had to work directly with Vince. And as he has said many times in, you know, different shoot interviews he's done over the years about it after the fact, you know, he's he has definitely butted heads with Vince and Stephanie back then. And both times they ended up letting him go from those positions because they just all couldn't get along. They did pulled him out of the SmackDown position. And then they brought back ECW. I mean, like I said, that lasted all of like six months and it didn't, then that went South really damn quick where Paul <laughs> ended up leaving and didn't come back until the whole deal with Brock Lesnar returning years later. Bischoff on the other hand, yes, he's been through WWE, but Bischoff has only been in WWE as a talent. He's never had creative power there. He never had any kind of, you know, Uh, He was running a show or anything like that. That was all in WCW. His entire run there for those couple years when he was, you know, the general manager of Raw and whatnot, that was just him as a talent. He was never in a position of power there. Now, after that, of course, he went and did stuff at TNA, gave us aces and eights (laughs) (laughs) during that TNA run for those couple years. Yep, yep. So that you know that was his (laughs) most that was his most recent return to a creative position. But it was not in WWE. So his entire dealing with Vince has been as an employee, as a talent, not as like, you know, a working relationship as far as creative goes. So Heyman and Bischoff are coming at it, you know, definitely from a little different perspectives as far as how they've worked with Vince previously. What this is really all going to come down to, as Marcus was saying a little bit ago, the million dollar question here is, what is Vince going to let these guys do? You know, they're, they're promise, promising us right now, you know, the world with they're going to be executive directors of Raw and SmackDown and they're going to run the shows and making it sound like they're going to have a lot of leeway and a lot of autonomy with Vince overseeing things. The question is, how much is Vince going to oversee things? I mean, if one thing we know from history in WWE, the buck stops with one person. And that's Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> um, uh, just another question before I move on uh, to some other questions I actually have noted down. Is there any other two people? Uh, well, that kind of does goes into my next question. All right, I'll go into the next question first. Why not Triple H here? Why not promote him up to one of the main <laughs> brand shows? I actually think Triple H is... I don't know if Triple H would have wanted that position, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has two pots of gold right now well, in, well, in me, NXT and NXT UK. 
let me let me ask you real quick why you say mm-hmm. he may not want that job. Do you think that he was offered and turned it down? I doubt he was even offered it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I think he has two pots of gold right now in NXT and NXT UK that, uh, especially with NXT, we are several years into it now and it's as popular as ever. And I, I think he runs 205 Live or has some involvement in that too. So, you know, if I was him, I would kind of stick with where I'm having success and devote my energy to that and not try to stretch myself too thin. You know, he's human like the rest of us, right? And so part of me thinks that even if he was offered, I, I doubt he would have taken it. Hmm. I think that's exactly what my thought is too. My thinking is, I don't know if he was offered it or not. I have no idea. But my thinking is Triple H doesn't have any interest in this. He's got a longer game he's playing and he's got his eyes on one thing and one thing only, and that's Vince's chair. Not running Raw, not running SmackDown. He's looking at the big picture of the whole thing. My thinking is Triple H is sitting back and he's going to watch what Bischoff and Heyman do. And if anything, I think he's going to sit back and he's going to be the one giving them rope. And if things don't work out, Triple H is going to be the first one in Vince's ear telling them, telling him, hey, uh, this ain't this ain't happening. These guys don't know what they're doing. I think he'll be the first one to drop the axe on those two and be in Vince's ear about it when it ain't working out. I think he's just going to sit back and watch the whole darn thing. That's my my feeling where Triple H stands in this deal. Hmm. Um, you know, for me, and I think we talked about it religiously on this show at this point that um, and Jamal just joined on. I think it's a really, I think this is a really interesting thing. I think that maybe Triple H was not offered the job because uh, to something we'll talk about in a quick second, maybe this is the pivotal point where we do actually begin to see NXT to be really considered a third brand. So in that matter, he already has his show and everything we've been saying, his two golden childs, in other words. But maybe this is actually the move as we get towards November and the Fox deal and so forth, that this is he wasn't given a job as an indication that because NXT is legit going to be considered a third brand in the WWE family. So I'm actually glad if he didn't get the opportunity. Uh, it would. I, I wouldn't even know what to think if he did. I know a lot of people probably want him because they think because of what he's doing with NXT, he'll do good with the main roster. But again, NXT is something he was able to build since day one. So it's a little bit easier to kind of like, you know, have a good checks and balances there instead of coming into a disaster trying to fix it. Kind of reminds me when I go on Twitter sometime and I had <laughs> no clue what's going on. And <laughs> But anywho, anywho um, Jamal, do you have anything you want to add to that real quick before I ask my next question about um, uh, right, right, right now we're talking about uh, Bischoff and Heyman getting their jobs and about the possibility of if why, if Triple H would have been offered that job, should have been offered that job, and why not wasn't he offered the jobs so far? So okay. I, I'm gonna make it quick because I'm like on the bus right now. But um, there's this long short of it is is that Triple H probably either if he wasn't offered the job, he probably couldn't take it because of everything that Will mentioned. Uh, the second thing is Bischoff and Heyman have already written for for Raw and SmackDown in the past. They've already worked for, for Vince in a backstage capacity in, in the past. Who else would do it? That's not in a already tied down to a deal, whether it's Evolve or uh, you're running a major independent or AEW or somebody like that. 
So as far as whether who should or shouldn't, we also don't know what their capacity is and when it starts. Obviously, there's a flyer that went out for um, the SmackDown Raw show in Dallas for this upcoming week. Yeah. Like, well, what are they going to do and who's going to do what next? But we don't actually know what that means. You know, are they going to be in an on-screen role or off-screen role? Are they just, you know, running the shows from a writer standpoint? Or are they, like, talent development and everything like that? We don't know. I don't know. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they open Raw, considering that the entire Internet is talking about this. And also, strategically, the fact that they dropped this news the weekend of the AEW's uh, next big thing, uh, which could be anything at this point, but it's their next big thing, is not lost on me either. WWE is playing you know, chess while everybody else is playing Pinochle. <laughs> mm. yeah, no doubt no doubt the, 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 this was a very strategic move i think i think a lot of what happened this week was very strategic between yeah. people in the company putting up uh some very uh attention getting tweets to take the conversation away from other things mm-hmm. and then them dropping this move on thursday we'll be talking about those tweets a little later yeah. but there was a lot of i think very specific moves done to get people talking about wwe and not focusing on other things that are happening this weekend. You know what's funny too? Like you, you've always been really big about let the news play out and let's see what happened. It's funny. I, I just checked the I just checked the little rumors reports real quick. And it's funny. The first thing on top is rumor kill regarding Triple H turning down new executive director role. So like I literally just thought that myself because I thought he would be somebody that would be qualified, but there's obviously no premise to that remotely happening so it is what it is open conversation we're not no we're not sitting here trying to have no breaking inside news but um are you just about to say something jamal no no no, it's okay Okay. i mean i just think that whether he gets it or not um we don't know what that role actually entails like if somebody like looked on glass door and said that they had an opening yeah then we would have something a little bit more concrete yeah um jim Cornette. nobody no one's feeling that one no thanks <laughs> not not in 2019, maybe yeah. in 1989. Yeah. Cornette wouldn't want it. He he ain't gonna do the traveling. He don't he don't fly. So yeah, Cor- Cornette they 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 know and he knows. I don't think either either side there in, in interested in that. I hope I, mean, I catch I hope I catch him at a comic con because you know he is nothing short less for words. And I right now I'm pretty sure he got he has some comments about this waiting to brew up about it. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I mean, to to me the, the of the two, the big the big surprise was Bischoff. That was yeah. the big surprise. And 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 what one of our buddies really quick like um he, he so someone jumped in told me right away when I was kind of like free time like oh my god Bischoff this is just like out of nowhere and. A lot of people made a good point right away of that, like part of the reason they probably went with Bischoff and specifically part of the reason why he's doing Fox and not Raw is Bischoff is one of the few people out there in wrestling who they can point to and has worked firsthand in a corporate environment and dealt with like network television and with the network executives in the TV world from all those years at WCW working with Turner. There's not a lot of people like Heyman can't claim that. So I think a lot of why they hired Bischoff is just for him being able to schmooze those corporate executives and be able to go into these meetings with them. You know, he will be working with Fox Sports. I I would say that Heyman, to a lesser extent, did do that. He took ECW from a closed circuit um, public access show in Eastern Pennsylvania to the Nashville Network 
and uh, yeah, MSG Network. I mean, he's brokered deals before to get ECW off the ground in a bigger way. Uh, he just did it with pay-per-view first. I don't think I'm not going to say that either one of them are more qualified than the other, but it's unsurprising that, like, if if not them, then who? You know, yeah, that, right? That's, it's, it's that's a very short. Much. It's a small pool of people that are possible to to, to to fill these positions. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I was I definitely was going to ask you guys who who who's another candidate poss- a possibility for a candidate here, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I nobody, no one remotely comes close to my my. Uh, for this position, and I, th- I thought and that's a really brilliant point. Uh, you, you guys have made about their experience in the past. Uh, good. So ultimately, we 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 we're talking about them being qualified for this for the position. What you said it's strategical overall, besides their experience in working in a high level corporate position of such. How do you think this affects the product as of the view for uh, for viewers and fans? Uh, well, casual fans are probably ambivalent because Eric Bischoff might not be a name, at least in WWE in the last 15 years, that you may care about. Paul Heyman, less uh, more so because of his on-screen role in current WWE. So as far as like who should, uh, you know, what does this mean for television? You know, we're, also, we're also basing their success on what they were allowed to do in the past. I don't think people have taken too much consideration of what ECW was on TV at that time. They didn't air um, everywhere around the country until very much later on. They had, you know, censorship issues and stuff like that and, and music rights and, and those kind of issues. They don't were play, They never played on a level that WWE is on in any country, let alone all the countries that WWE is on. Um, same thing with uh, WCW. They had their standards and practices and stuff like that. That was a big uh, deal. And we saw that ultimately led to its demise where AOL um, said no thanks to wrestling. And Time Warner was like, okay, we'll take your billion dollars. So it, it's, it's not that they can't do it, but are they working with a full palette of color? That is the ultimate. In, in, in NXT, they definitely are. And they're able to tell a PG story in in an upbeat wrestling sports centric way. Um, you so, know, Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks are, but they're based on YouTube. Can they me, do that with a Walmart or wrestling? Let me ask you with the rumors of saying that Bischoff is already attending high level executive meetings with Fox currently. Is that an indication that his control and, and creativity aspects and, and empowered sort of say it's, it, it will be given a lot of that considering what, what the rumors are saying. Well, it's July. If they, if you're not going to meet with Fox now, then when are you going to meet with them? I mean, <laughs> they, they, you know, they need to get that ball rolling. The train needs to be ready to go come October mm-hmm. or whenever it's fall TV starts late September, early October. Mm-hmm. So damn right. He's meeting with Fox. And if he's going to be heading the show, Guess who wants to know what they've invested in? That would be Fox. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. I'm just curious because I, initially, before this news even came out, I would think these are Vince meetings all the way. But yeah, well, I mean, like, have you, have you ever been to the CBS Television Studio in Vegas? No. No. Actually, okay. where's that at? Actually. Um, we'll, we'll discuss. But okay, so the long and short of it is, is that CBS has this television studio in Vegas where they premiere pilot shows. These shows have not made it to air yet. Yeah. They're just they've completed the pilot 
and oh, these yeah, these are your yeah, test yeah. audiences. Yeah, and this yeah, that's right. <laughs> they pay you this. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Got you. So these shows may not come out for a year. Mm-hmm. They may need retweaking and go back in the woodshed. They may need a bunch of different things need to happen before they make it to TV mm-hmm. uh, or broadcast rather. Mm-hmm. WWE is in that stage right now with SmackDown. They've been in that stage for the past year since the deal was announced. What's it going to be? What's the set going to look like? Are they making a move to 4K over the air? Are they, you know, what's the roster going to look like? What type of storyteller would they allow to be um, had? What rating are they going to give it? They have to pass the censors. They have to pass, you know, Fox's standards and practices. You know, Jinder Mahal doing that uh, shenanigans with Shinsuke Nakamura. Does that get off the ground if, in a Fox environment? I mean, it could happen because Family Guy is a thing, and they tell off-color jokes all the time. But the point is, is that these are the things that need to be hashed out before they go two minutes to Showtime, guys. And that's what they're doing right now. So for Bischoff talking to them as the you know leader of the ship, well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Okay. Um, anybody got any, any other comments on that? I just... Uh... Like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic about everything, but my hope is that other wrestling fans aren't expecting a complete 180 on Monday and Tuesday of next week, <laughs> right? Especially, especially when we have Shane McMahon in the midst of a championship run, apparently, uh, and we have you know tug of war matches happening. My hope is that those will stop at least in arm wrestling contests. But in an, in an ideal world, I, I would like to see Shane McMahon's push killed on Monday. But, you know, obviously he's Vince's son. I doubt that will happen. But I think the change is going to be gradual. I doubt the change is going to be, um, is going to be incremental and there probably won't be anything major until October because, again, why would Vince McMahon pull all of his tricks out of his hat for October? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that wrestling fans will be patient with this. Oh, what? You know that? You, <laughs> well, hoping, hoping oh, being the key word. Yeah, but hold your breath on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely got to be a gradual scenario. I mean, SmackDown obviously is in a situation where all eyes are on the October debut. So SmackDown, I'm sure all the focus is going to be on when they debut on Fox. Raw, on the other hand, I could see they'll probably spend more time on working on Raw in the meantime, and they can start gradually making changes there. But yeah, this is what they're trying to do here. It's not like they're going to come out on Monday and next week and pull a WCW reboot where they're like, okay, everyone's stripped of their belts. We're restarting everything tonight. And it's like, no, I don't see them pulling anything that crazy this quickly. I figure they're going to slowly start doing things. And maybe by SummerSlam, maybe by the road to SummerSlam, we start seeing some, some differences. Okay. I, I don't know, but raw, I think they can start doing stuff with faster. Cause they're not, you know, they're not building raw around the idea of we're pre- debuting on a new network in the fall. SmackDown, obviously October is, is the, is the golden, you know, month for them where everything's going to be building to that and making a huge splash on that debut. Here's, here's a, here's a, another thing that jumped out at me with this, that, immediately just like kind of had me, you know, like thinking about this. I mean, when you look at what Vince did here, he's got, you got him, you got Eric Bischoff, you got Paul Heyman, you got Bruce Pritchard back in the fold. Everyone Vince has involved with this deal at the top, all of his like top lieutenants now outside of triple H they're all 50 or older. 
Triple H is 49, so he's just barely slipping under the under the line there. But it's like Vince is surrounding himself with a lot of old guys that just, <laughs> you know, have been around forever. And the big thing that jumps out me with Heyman and Bischoff is they, you know, they haven't been involved in like the running a company for like you know, we're talking Bischoff. We're talking about T. You got the TNA run, but outside of that, I mean, we're talking like twenty years. We're talking a long time for like significant involvement of like a top to bottom thing. You know, they've had their hands in little things, but I'm I'm just I'm so curious. What are these guys going to bring to the table in 2019? <laughs> when you know, I mean, so you look at Bischoff, and you're like his glory days. We're 97, 98, you know, we're talking 20 years ago. So it's like, what do these guys have to offer in 2019? That's going to truly change things in a modern way yeah. going forward. Can, well, can I ask you, can I ask you a question real quick yeah. about what, what do you mean by modern? Because to be, to be fair, to be completely honest, it has wrestling changed that dramatically in the past 30 years, in the past 50 years. I think the difference is between the, you know Raw and SmackDown floundering now, and NXT from a, from our you know perspective of the type of wrestling that we generally like, is that we generally like like the style that NXT presents, um, and so I think that the whole the, the modern thing and maybe they're too old for the business and stuff like that, they could be, or maybe they're not. But if Vince is the if the buck stops with Vince McMahon then none of this matters. They can hire us to run Raw and SmackDown. But if Vince shoots it down and says, nah, we're just going to put, uh, you know, Velveteen Dream in a fish outfit, or we're going we're gonna to take, you know, Bailey and make her into a McDonald's character, well, then that's what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's always the thing that, that yeah. comes to um, you know, wrestlers in the WWE, whether it's Sammy Callahan, who was a bit underwhelmed and disgruntled and left, or a John Moxley, who's, you know, underwhelmed, disgruntled and left, or guys that said, you know what, I think I'm done here, like Cody Rhodes. Let's go do something else because he was disgruntled and left. Uh, you know, they. I think the difference is not necessarily that Vince has lost it. I think it's just that he's only <laughs> making a show for himself. <laughs> and that seems to be more and more apparent every every week. That's, well, and also there's, all, there's long been the talk that the writers aren't writing the show for – you know, the public, they're writing the show for Vince. They're presenting right. Vince with a script that they know he's going to like. So that's right. part of the, that's part of the, that's part of the issue. Yeah. And that's what that's, I mean, like you said, in the end, this all comes down to they're being overseen by Vince. So how much rope is he going to give them? How much creative freedom is he going to give them? Or are they going to, you know, present him a script and then he's just going to be like, He's going to tear it up like he does, you know, many a time. They're going to be rewriting everything to his liking, to his taste, you know, on any given Monday, like we've been hearing for years now. That's that's the thing. I mean, here, here's one more example I can give from, from, from history. We've been down this road with Vince giving, uh, supposedly giving up control before. In 95, Vince, for some reason, got this idea that he was like, I'm going to step back. I need to take a break. I want to, you know, be involved with my family or whatever. And he brought in Bill Watts to supposedly run the day-to-day -day operations with supposed complete control in 1995. It lasted three weeks. <laughs> it lasted three weeks before Vince showed up at TV for Raw, and they're like, what are you doing here? 
And he was like, oh, I need to see what's going on. And they're like, he's like, I got this. You hired me to do it. I got it taken care of. We're good. Ratings are fine. Everything's good. Oh, I got to see what's going on. And he he couldn't let it go. And so real quick, <laughs> Bill Watts is like, look, I didn't come in here to uh, work for you. I came in here to run things. That's the job you hired me for. If you don't want me to do that, that's fine. But I'm bouncing that. <laughs> and he was gone. It didn't even last a month. <laughs> so is that going to happen to Bischoff and Heyman? I think the difference will be, though, Bischoff needs a job. And Heyman, yeah. I'm sure, they, they want a paycheck. So I don't think they're going to bounce like Bill Watts did in 95. But it's the age-old story of Vince. Vince, you know, it's his baby. It's his sandbox. I, so. you know, I, I, I got a few comments to make here. One, I won't be surprised if a, AARP becomes an official sponsor of WWE at some oh. point, considering <laughs> his age bracket. But look, Marcus, you brought up patience earlier with the fans, and I had to. I forgot. I saw this funny, this funny status somebody put in a wrestling group on uh, Facebook earlier. And this person said, I ain't mentioning what group this is or this person's name, but I cannot believe this person said this. He said, AEW is slowing, slowly dying down. Hashtag WWE major leagues. And then, so I was like, I was like, what is he trying to like? What is he trying to I mean, to be fair, they're only a t-shirt company. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and the dude, the dudes that somebody commented on it was like one pay-per-view, free show tomorrow, all out this summer, no TV until fall. It's a big oh. Dang, I got I screenshot this. He wrote some more under that. But yeah, like like fans aren't patient, so you can just throw that idea out of there. Like if, if you already said, <laughs> no, well, that's not true. That's that's absolutely not true because I think with AEW fans are understandably patient. We talked about this before. All Out was not a perfect show. Yeah. It was a better show than WWE's done all year, but it's nowhere near a perfect show. I, so I I'm, think and, and 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 the reaction after All Out was, you know what? That was good enough. Yeah, yep. I mean that's a realistic. Again, when I got I got to specify here. When you when we're talking about fans, we're talking about the ones, the, the, the keyboard warrior fan, not the ones who just waiting that just wants to get wrestling. Sure, all of us are like, hey, AEW is doing what they got to do. They land the groundwork. They'll they'll eventually get running on all fronts by the end of the year. But I'm talking about these marks that's out here that's just like bitch off of them got new jobs. Raw better be better next week. And it's, it's like this comment. They're just like AEW's dying down. AEW's still really in in pro, like planning production mode where they they're still okay. laying down I mean, the, 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 the the difference ground. between the AEW statement and the Raw statement is AEW is still in the preseason. They haven't started T Live TV yet. So I think for and especially since they're not dying down, because Google Trends says they're doing anything but that. Um so that's that's one thing. That's why that comment is stupid. However, uh, why should we? Why shouldn't we expect results from Raw? D- don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody's expecting like Mojo Rawley to win the WWE champion uh, championship. Maybe I don't think you don't know, dude. Dudes, the internet dudes be wild. <laughs> no, but uh, I'm saying like nobody's really expecting Raw or SmackDown, especially before the major television season starts in late September, early October. Nobody's expecting you know craziness to happen. But we talked about this before back in February-ish when the Fox deal was officially announced. I asked the question, is WWE going to be in a holding pattern until October or are they actually going to showcase a little bit what you can expect from Fox? And I think we got our answer pretty quickly that they're in a goddamn holding pattern until October. No one is talking about what they're going to do next week. They have a pay-per-view every three days. Nobody's talking about what they're going to do on Raw. But what they're talking about is 
what's going to happen in October, th three months from now, five, four months from now. So that's what it is. WWE is just going to ride out this wave and every jab that the internet throws them, they only sold 2,000 tickets last week, or this is the worst rating since they've been at television, and blah, blah, blah. They're willing to take all of these L's and recycle them into hopefully something better than that in October, and that's unfortunate. But that's, I think, an acceptable response from the internet to go, well, show and prove, damn it. I mean, if you're making all of these changes, then we better get something out of it because I don't want to wait till October when AEW is coming off the ground this weekend. But, you know, whatever it may be, they're making changes. And like now that the changes made, I don't expect to see results tomorrow. I mean, same thing with earlier in the year. Although you may not see changes when they say we were going to get better matches and so forth. I think they have progressively been doing good things. I mean, hell, the Evolve thing is big to me. I think that we'll talk about it. anyway. Yeah, we need to switch subjects. We've been on this for a while. But um, I do I do think that, you know, sometimes fans just get a little bit like action, uh, something announced automatically, even for people that get called out, Ricochet gets called out. He better win the championship. Rick, I remember Ricochet lost one match to Cesaro, and people were online saying he got buried. And I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. But anyway, let's 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 talk about some more uh, stuff that's going down real quick. Some of these topics ain't going to take us that long. We'll just get through really quick. Um, anyway, if you haven't been paying attention to on Twitter, um... Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay has had some exchange of words with each other. Um, do any of y'all guys have this this whole thread of tweets up? Let me go back I'm, here. I can not, I'll start speak. talking about it. Yeah, I'm well, still trying to figure out how Osprey even got in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he put he put himself. He, in he it. yeah he interjected when Seth Rollins said we're doing the best work in the world that anybody's doing in wrestling. Um, and something about best in the world or whatever. And Will Ospreay is like, hi, I'm alive. And therefore, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm not the best. In, you're not the best in the world or whatever. And whatever you said. Yeah, so, this came after Stumping Grounds, which I did watch, which I thought was a really weird. I mean, obviously, people complained about the number of seats. People complained about the number of tickets. So the area is being blacked out. When in fact, and I didn't like the name Stumping Ground or any of the logos or anything. Didn't care about that. But I watched the show, and it was damn good. It was some good quality wrestling. The Cruiserweight match in the beginning definitely set the tone. And again, whatever. But anyway, moving forward, um, I think a lot of wrestlers really realize, uh, speaking for their own brand or whatever, maybe. No, not even just speaking for their own brand. A lot of other people were saying, like, there was some good quality wrestling going on for the show. That's what I feel like provoked Seth Rollins to really make this, this statement. So upon the first statement that Jamal just said, his second tweet said, doubling down, best pro wrestler on the planet. See that Cruiserweight triple threat? And that's just one night. One maximum many. Uh, find anyone else alive who does what I do as well and I and does it as often as I do. You can't. Hashtag that's the one he, Stumper Ground, Universal Champion, blah, 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 blah. That's the one he jumped into. That's the tweet. <laughs> Yes, and I don't see. Oh, so yeah, then that's when Will Ospreay says, I'm alive. Seth Rollins said, Oh, I'm sorry, little guy. Little guy. I mean, if he he, he would have capital letter, if he would have capitalized that whole little guy thing, that would the heat would have been a lot more for me here. But anyway, cool. He says, We already got a better version of you here. He just won the, his first U.S. title tonight. Congrats, King Ricochet. Keep working hard. Uh, keep working hard, throw, throw buddy. Through uh, keep working hard, buddy. Um, Words are fun. <laughs> what? 
Sports are fun. Yeah, they are. Yeah, keep working hard. Um. So anyway, uh, with that being said, yeah, do y'all do y'all feel like Ricochet is the better is the better of the two between Osprey and and uh, him? I think Ricochet has uh, enough problems. I mean, he is knuckle deep in his own issues, uh, so <laughs> he needs to not and and take a seat. Is this something I'm missing with Ricochet right now? Yeah, you, you clearly did. That. You clearly don't worry did. about that. Don't, it's not important. It's not important. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, I, I forgot just... about that whole thing. Jeez. <laughs> Photos. Oh, <laughs> no. He got, he got leaked? Yeah, he got leaked. Was it like this week? It, it, was, was, uh, it, was, it was before. I think it was the end of last week. It was yeah. before all this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see any. You, of yeah, stuff. you don't need to see any of that. Yeah, oh, you don't right. need to see that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was before all this. This kind of washed all that away. Okay, yeah, it should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, while you're looking that up, too, James, I would just say that. Um, I mean, I respect Rollins, Osprey, and Ricochet. I don't. I don't know how you could re- really weigh who's better than the other. That's strictly subjective, but. This whole sort of debate that just spiraled out of control between Rollins and Osprey, uh, one of the things that struck me about it is the number of people who were seemingly ready to jump jump down Seth Rollins' throat about his comments. And yes, calling someone else little guy, that's obviously going to incite some people. Bringing up how much money you have in your bank account is obviously going to incite some people. Uh, but at the same time, you you have to wonder, as he said in his interview, he sees these comments about himself, his company, frequently. Um, I don't know of any human being that's going to be quiet about that forever, right? Now, again, we can debate whether it was appropriate. We can debate whether he should have just let it slide. But I don't know. I I was actually thought it was refreshing to see someone uh, speak up for himself. Uh, despite having hundreds of thousands of fans, you know, criticizing for it. And people are criticizing Osprey too. People seem to be criticizing Kenny Omega as well. And this seems to be just yet another byproduct of, you know, you are in the public eye and everything you do and say is going to be scrutinized, including Ricochet's past. Right? So, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think it should have blown out of proportion as much as it did, but that seems to be wrestling fandom in 2019. Yeah, no. I, I, I agree with that. Go ahead, Will. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be real quick. I'll be real quick. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying there. My, my thinking is this. When, when people are getting all bent out of shape about it and saying, like, how can he say that WWE isn't as good as New Japan and <laughs> Seth Rollins isn't, isn't that great a worker as, as Will Ospreay, I, I was looking at it like this. It's been open season on W on WWE for saying anything in the world about them, like for ages now, for whatever. It's like you, know, you can get away with saying anything about that company, and people will be out there and jump on and be like, "Yeah, they suck. They're horrible. Whatever." All that. Seth Rollins, like him or not, or whatever your personal opinion of him is, he is the Universal Champion. I don't care if you're the universal champion at WWE, the WWE champion, the impact champion, the ring of honor champion, a champion down in Mexico or a champion of your local indie. If you are the top guy in your company, you are the flag bearer of that company. I don't want to hear any darn guy in any company out there be like, you know what? Yeah, uh, we're not that good. 
You know, yeah, we're kind of second place. We yeah. can't measure up to them. It's it's his job representing the company to be like, no, we're 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 the best. He's trying to fire up that locker room. He's trying to you know kind of take that spot of you know representing WWE. So so kudos to him. Whether it's true or not, that's you know for people to decide. You know that's that's subjective. But should he say it? Yeah, he should say it. Anyone should say it. Any darn company. If you're the top guy of the company, you should absolutely be standing up and saying, "Yeah, you know what? What we do here, we think it's pretty darn good, and we're proud of ourselves." That's my that's my feeling on it. Mm-hmm. I, I think right. the good or bad about it is obviously subjective. There, there are you know millions of people that watch WWE. Uh, about two of them. Uh, two million people a week that watch Raw and SmackDown. Uh, obviously, that number used to be triple that, but here we are. So I, I don't think that it's bad that he stuck up for his company and his job and, and all that good stuff. I just think that it's kind of weird to say, to be so demonstrative about how about his um, so-called accomplishments, considering that the company's not doing that great. I mean, the stock is going doing well because of, you know, more to Kenny Omega's point about the influx of Saudi money. Oops. Um, <laughs> the, but, the, but the reason why people are so short with WWE is the same way with, uh, again, back to the point with Bischoff and Heyman taking over Raw and SmackDown is because I think people at, 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 heart, at the core, at the center of it all, want WWE to succeed. Whether, you know, they like Vince McMahon or they like whoever they're pushing this month, except Baron Corbin, People generally want WWE to succeed. Uh, and then that makes total sense. But the real is, it's not very good right now. Every, every other measurable indicator says that it's not very good. People are actively tuning away from it. So for him to you know, pull his bankroll bank out and say, this is what I'm doing, well, that doesn't indicate that your product is any good. Um, for him to come out and say, well, you're a little guy because you're on the independence or you're doing small-time TV, well, it doesn't matter if you're in 90 countries if people aren't tuning in anymore. So it, it's kind of weird for him to, like, flex so hard. That's <laughs> like going up to a park and saying, like, yeah, I'm an NBA player, but you play for the Clippers? <laughs> so you're not winning any championships. I mean, yeah, you made it, but, like, cool? That's a weird flex, you know? Now, if he were to be like, yo, my name is Seth Curry, and but you already knew that, then that's like, okay, well... I'll take this L and go home. But you can't be, but you can't be like, yo, I am the generation, a definition of this generation. I made this sport. Well, but no, you didn't. Because people are turning away. So for Kenny Omega to make a more political point is something that people aren't talking about. For Will Ospreay to kind of interject and say, like, no, there's other wrestling out there challenging the status quo that WWE is wrestling. Seventy man, man then and Bennett was wrestling in two thousand four, and there is no other. They're only pretenders outside of the WWE universe. Is a rightful claim to make. So to for I, I would and I would call bullshit on WWE if they said to they're doing good work right now, but because you're not. That's a, that's that is a fact. Um, another thing with Seth Rollins uh, also, you know, aside from like his checkered past and. You know, the internet and his girlfriends that he probably shouldn't have around, you know, TV. Um, I don't think that he's that guy to go to bat, you know, for this company as well. Is this a hill you really want to die on? You know, considering that the same issues that drove Dean Ambrose out of the company um, 
are supposed to be rectified by these changes that are suddenly to be made at the top. It's not, you know, I don't, I don't think that he's in a position as uh, uh, from any more than just an objective cheerleader to say that this is actually good when it just ain't, bro. But yeah. I, I don't know. I just think it's just an odd, odd, odd thing to flex about. But it's kind of weird that, like, all of a sudden that him and Becky Lynch are dating, and that's the thing that we need to care about. Hashtag the man's man. I don't know, man. He's an odd duck, and I don't get it. <laughs> it's, such uh, a, it's such an interesting situation because, um, I mean, I would have to agree with Will. I, I think I have no issue with Seth speaking out uh, because, yes, he is the universal champion. He runs his own wrestling school. I think he has some kind of sh coffee shop or something in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so his reach is continuously expanding, right? So I don't too much have an issue with him speaking out. But to Jamal's point, I, it, it was bold of him to do that, considering what's currently the trend in WWE nowadays with the attendance. But speaking of attendance, though, um, I don't know. I was, was trying to look online really quick for, because I know they're in like Tokyo and Singapore and somewhere mm -hmm. else this weekend. Mm -hmm. And I've seen pictures um, on Twitter and those arenas look packed. Oh, that's, you know, that's not right. going to be an issue. Tokyo. And, and I mean, obviously, it's a bit of, of novelty there, right? WWE doesn't get there often, right? So it's a little bit more exciting for those fans to uh, get those tickets. But, you know, if we compare those, obviously, to the stomping ground numbers, to the low attendance at Raw and possibly SmackDown this week, it, it, I mean, it's, it's such an interesting question, again, about how WWE is doing, right? In some, in some markets of the U.S., certainly, they're not doing quite well right now. Right, but in some of these international markets, seemingly, they seem to be doing okay. On some of their creative, obviously they're not doing well. But I know when certain wrestlers come on TV, I pay attention. Right, when certain matches happen on TV, I'm glued in, others I'm multitasking. Right, and so, you know, overall, certainly we can make all sorts of criticisms of the current direction of the company, but, I don't know if we can give it a blanket statement because there are little things seemingly that are going well. Yeah. I, I think in, in general, uh, when we compare about what people talk about per their company, um, in most major independent uh, promotions, people are still talking about the wrestling. Uh, who's going to come in? Who's the new up and coming guy? Uh, AEW is a thing. Oh, they're going to be on TV. Hell, they're going to tour every, uh, every uh, week apparently. Where are they going to be? What, what are the storylines going into this weekend? Okay, cool. That makes sense. NXT and NXT UK, same deal. Wow, these are the storylines that they're building up towards TakeOver. Can't wait till it's, August is going to be a hell of a month for wrestling with uh, New Japan, um, you know, SummerSlam, I guess, uh, TakeOver, and All Out, uh, all within like three weeks of each other. Absolutely bananas. But then everything about WWE, or the main roster at least, Everyone's talking about everything else but the wrestling. And I think if you really want to distract the fans, how about you put on a good fucking show? Yeah. Hey, but even I mean, when they do, people still find reason to complain. Because, again, I thought Stomping Grounds was solid. Well, yeah, I mean, to I be think... fair, I, I think that people, they, the squeaky wheel gets the grease on the internet. And there's a lot of good that can happen. But as soon as something bad happens in a good situation, they'll harp on that. And that's just the way uh, you know, the internet works. But just in general, 
Uh, if there was a show that was top to bottom, nobody's ever said like takeover for a takeover, even takeover Bridgeport. Nobody went like, you know what? It wasn't perfect. They actually, I've never heard somebody say, you know what, this takeover sucked. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. But then, you know, people, <laughs> there's a reason why there was only 2,000 people in the, in the audience for SmackDown. And you want to blame it on the summer, or you want to blame it on a struggling economy, or you want to blame it on whatever. Bullshit. They come every year to the same places. It's like the circus. Yep. But there's a um, reason why. The only difference is the product. Also, TakeOver Bridgeport never happened, but that's fine, because... I was there. We can talk about that one other day, because that, that show never did exist. But uh, TakeOver I was, I was there. 25 did happen, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, I was... I don't know what that was. <laughs> let's breeze through these other things really quick, as we're going to come up on our time soon. Um, quickly, really fast, we're talking about WWE and all the things bad. Let's talk about what I think is absolutely a positive thing that's happening in WWE, and that's the 24-7 championship. Is that legit probably the best thing that's happening in the wrestling right now? I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, I mean, the 24-7 championship is a BS throwaway comedy title that really doesn't need to be there. It is far and away the most entertaining thing that, that WWE and the main roster is doing. And R-Truth is a nine-time champion, and no one cares. I don't know. Because it's just I good. I don't know about that. Yeah, I think a lot of people yeah. care, to be honest. People are really people are definitely into it as far as like like you said, it's the most entertaining thing they got going on right now. I would say the most entertaining thing is that and then the the, the Firefly Funhouse, as far as like things that people okay. are actually into and tend to I don't really see much of anything negative about them. So but the thing is they're very short, small segments that you know come and go really quick and they're not the main focus of the show, but they are entertaining. So they got that going for them. Yeah, and also too, it's it's good to see WWE utilize their social media in the way that everyone is like, and the, the fact that they how they're using their YouTube page finally instead of informative and just shows and actually using it for like some legit content. When we know there's an audience there, being elite is absolutely the 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 mecca of uh, of display that there's an audience that. It just it's it's just working. The twenty four championship thing is just working, and um, it's cool. I was just talking to Mick Foley. Long story short, and he was one of the ones. And you could tell how passionate he was because obviously when he came out and announced it, no one liked the belt. People were disappointed in the crowd. He tried. He came out the next day saying that he felt like he failed on the promo, but he felt like it was a good thing. And now look, he with everything he's saying, he's just mirroring again and talking to him. He's just really he was really passionate about it, about how fun it is and like. How like you know the whole the whole wedding thing happened with uh with um I am gonna call Rockstar Spud to uh, Drake Maverick and um our truth like stuff like that is really getting people eyes in and then even there you know there's information coming out about the analytics of our truth name being searched amongst the highest of all wrestlers in like the last month so like they they're definitely doing something fun and it's. I'm enjoying it, and I, I think it is easily the best thing happening in all of wrestling right now. Our truth, future WWE Hall of Famer, calling it now. No doubt, oh, absolutely, easily, easily. And, and anywho, our truth, <laughs> check out his new music that's coming out as, uh, as well, or that is out. Our truth is just—he's killing it on all ends, and like for him to be whatever age he is, he's having a lot of fun in it right now. And I'm, 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 I'm definitely, I'm definitely all on board for that, 100. percent um, what else have we got real quick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get into this. July 13th, 
We do have the AEW Fight for the Fallen. Listen to our last show. We talked about this a little bit about like this being a free show that they're putting on. We kind of talked about like, does this hurt their value by doing that and other stuff, whatever. But that's last week. And obviously, all the fans wants to know, is WWE going to compete? What are they going to do? And I've had my feelings about that. But nonetheless, um, if you're not familiar with the product, Evolve is an independent wrestling promotion, which a lot of the talent that you are currently seeing in NXT, even on the main roster, have done long tenures here and really develop into the person and and into the wrestler and performance that they are now evolve is sort of say a feeder system for nxt at this point where even um the founder what would he be called the founder is gabe the yeah, founder it's G- yeah it's gabe's yeah. company yeah. yeah so yeah it's gabe's, gabe's company and you know he has a relationship with wwe i think they bring him in at times for- he's an employee he okay. is an employee. Yes. Okay. He, so he works. It's, they're definitely a feeder system at this yeah. point. Yeah. If NXT is AAA wrestling, uh, you know, and then Evolve would probably be single A wrestling. Yeah. And um, so July 13th, Evolve will be running the show, Evolve 131. But this is their anniversary. This is the 10th. Uh, this, this is their 10th anniversary celebration. But it's going to be streaming on the WWE Network. Great, so, huh? Great, right? This here's why. Before we talk about the war between the two, here's what I always envision the WWE Network to be: is for them to have WXW evolve progress on there, tons of material, and I am overly thrilled. That evolve is going to be streaming on there, and we can actually watch it. Being a fan of independent wrestling, being on WWE Network, I mean, you really now legit. If they continue to do stuff like this, and this will be archived on there, so you will be able to watch it. This legit is going to be the best bang for your buck in all the streaming services for professional wrestling. Nine ninety nine, you get pay per views with WWE original content. Um, who knows what's going to happen with the Hulu deal come November, um, and 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 um, and all implications with Disney uh, involved with Hulu. Who knows? And and, they go, and then um, you know SmackDown going to another network. Who knows how that's going to play out? We may see that on the network at some point. But for, but for now, getting the fact that we are start, we, we're going to see a feeder system into WWE on the network for content and. Evolve shows are like they're they're all big deals. Like I mean, they don't do like, I mean each each Evolve is even though this is their tenth anniversary, it's, it's still just a dedic. It's like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's still a built show that's going to this is not just a throwaway show. So we're gonna and, and then on top of that too, we get a lot of the people that worked Evolve to come back and work on here as already have a, a matches announced. It's Adam Cole versus Akira Tazar. And then Drew Gulak versus Matt Riddle, which should be, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see Stokely halfway at, uh, at some point. Stokely. <laughs> uh, don't you mean Cardigan Lamborghini? <laughs> <laughs> he, he might find his CD player at the 10th anniversary. There you go. <laughs> and, and Josh Briggs and Anthony Green's already been announced. But I mean, how, this is really exciting news, but. Not only just that, AEW will be doing their Fight for the Fallen, which is their second pay-per-view that they'll be running. This comes after um, – oh, I'm sorry. This will be their be third. third. Yeah. Yeah, after Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest, which is this weekend. 
um, which already announces Brandon Rose versus Ali, Kenny Omega versus Chima, and Cody Rose and Cody and Dusty Rose versus the Young Bucks. So, um, what do you guys make as far as these shows being on the same day? So, anything else you want to add to that? Uh, I just want to say real quickly, it's it's kind of odd that they're celebrating their tenth anniversary, considering that their first uh, show was January one, two thousand ten. Uh, Evolve One Richards versus Ibushi was in New Jersey on New Year's Day 2010, but you know July, January they got it close. <laughs> they got the first letter right. There yeah, sure. <laughs> G- Gabe Gabe will have to explain that one. <laughs> yeah, because you you, you already you got to know that there's people that are like ringing the collusion alarm. Um, but uh, you know, good for Evolve. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, Evolve 131 being in um, on the WWE Network. Uh, you really can't be mad at that for them. I think in, in the end, um, aside from the posturing and tribalism that happens with wrestling fans, picking their favorite fandom, and then going to war with it, more good wrestling is more good wrestling. Amen. And if I get Drew Gulak versus Matt Riddle, or Akira Tozawa versus Adam Cole, or to get showcase. Well, to some other uh, talent in, in their show, who would argue against that? Yeah, and, and more up- importantly than that, it's going to happen in the ECW arena, which is already like you know uh, a, a hallow grounds anyway for before evolve. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. And then on top of that, you switch on over to uh, the Bleacher Report app. If I can find it you know, on my um, on my WebOS store for Microsoft, but still. What's I mean? It's a good day for wrestling, and it's on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. All these things win. Yeah. So, yeah. Fans getting worked up about this when this news dropped and saying this isn't fair. This isn't (laughs) WWE. WWE is just trying to screw with AEW. They absolutely are. It's well, absolutely. This is a calculated move. This is a calculated move. But like you just said. The winner here is the fans. Yeah. This evolve show was uh, this evolve show was already happening. This was already a booked show, and this was happening regardless. The only thing that changed is WWE is putting it on the network. So it's not right. like they suddenly came up with a new show to to to, to throw out there against Fight for the Fallen. The only thing right. that changed is they're going to put it on the network. Here's yeah. the thing: we are in an on-demand world now. This isn't the 90s where you had Nitro against Raw at the same darn time and you had to pick which one to watch live. And if you didn't have a VHS tape to get the other one, then you just missed it and that was it. You're going to be able to watch both. You can watch one live. You can have them going on two devices at the same time if you want, or you can watch them both later. The one darn show, I mean, Fight for the Fallen is going to be free. The other one's part of your network subscription. All you're getting is more content, and you're in charge of how you want to watch it. So it's a win. It's great. It's going to be a heck of a night of wrestling. And what's not to love about that? I mean, people getting worked up about it. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. If you think Evolve running a, having a show on the network against AEW is some kind of like underhanded thing, it's going to get worse. Yeah. I, I will call it. I called it the day they announced it. I'll say it on here too. Mark my words. At some point, if Evolve's running tonight, there's going to eventually going to be an NXT takeover against the AEW show. Mm-hmm. It's going to oh, that's, that's already been planned. Yeah. Because, because now they know they can get away with doing a show outside of the major uh, events for the year. 
we, we were yeah. going to have six takeovers this year or five. Um, and they've been doing that the last few years. Don't think that they can't like come up with a, a sprinkle in one since they know that worst case scenario, uh, when takeover is supposed to happen in California, it didn't. And they scrambled last minute. They put on the show. Everyone went home happy, myself included, from beautiful downtown Bridgeport, Connecticut. And that was the NST 25, of course. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, right. You know, so and we and we all did it and, and no you know love was lost. So if they know that they can put a show together at the last minute and do a thing, it'll be interesting to see. Actually, isn't there already a show booked on August 31st? Like a yeah, um it's it's, NXT it's, it's UK. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing that like yeah, the NXT UK takeover. Yeah, yeah they won't it's, be it's directly happening. against each other, but they're the same day. Right. Right. So <laughs> I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, that, that's that's what I want. This is the, the wrestling content that I want because, honestly, the independent stuff is great, but there's just too much to sift through. And you need all the apps, and you need... And I'm not doing that. Yeah. The but if I know that you, I can get... Yeah. The more stuff you can get under the network umbrella, the better. I mean, who's going to complain about that? My God. People that don't watch NXT. That's the, that's the only other problem. Is that we're saying that this is a good thing because we know the wrestling that we want to watch and we are able to watch it and it's going to be a good long day of wrestling. The people that would have a problem with it only watch the main roster. Yeah. And only see WWE as the main roster product. They don't know what NXT is. They damn sure don't know what Evolve is. Yeah. And they're like, we need to beat AEW as you know, the big bad wolf. There's this young, you know, rookie upstar. We need to shut him down because they're coming. Yeah, and so they they see as a as strategical uh, of a move, you know, whether it's Seth Rollins outburst or Evolve running shows or um, all out being the same day as NXT UK and all these things. Of course, they're happy coincidences. Except <laughs> that's bullshit because they know what they what they want to yeah. do. Yeah. Be, so now that we're going a little bit over our time, I want to hit this last little topic really quick, and you guys just give me quick results on it, and then we're going to wrap this up real quick. Um, in the notes, I definitely had this plan. I wanted to just make sure we get this covered. Now, I don't know if you guys have been uh, paying attention to this, but David Starr has been very vocal on Twitter, and Pete Dunn has also been very, very vocal about it. Um, David Starr, independent wrestler, um, predominantly doing shows in the, in the UK, um, and he's pro-independent um, as you know, he feels right now he's and he's been very vocal and made comments about WWE and the machine. Nonetheless, he had a he had a, 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 um, a match against Walter. And I believe that match was at um, what's it called in what's that promotion called? Um, I da, 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 da. ICW. ICW, thank you. Yeah, that's one. Um, and he faced Walter. Walter obviously is the, the current uh, WWE NXT. UK champion and um, David Starr, in a way of disrespect, kind of walked on the bell. And this actually comes after his comments that he's made online about this again, comments made in about WWE, WWE and their operation, taking Saudi money and all this other stuff. So, whatever. Um, then Pete Dunn comes out with a tweet and he says, anti contract, anti, not anti contract, not anti independent, anti David Starr. Um, and there's a lot to this. This actually could definitely take longer than it was, but we're just going to quickly brush this. Now, you guys may be all familiar with this already. Um, if not, just go to Pete Dunn's and David Starr's page. It's all the tweets are still there. Um, did you guys make anything of this personally? I, I, I'll give you my comments really quick. 
for the one person that came out and said something like he's not out here chasing contracts and now that the people who are getting contracts are acting like they don't like independent wrestling no more and like they forget where they come from whatever the exact words were this is the impression he gave me i thought was foolish because it's kind of coming off salty to me like the people who didn't get contracts or get or didn't get looks are mad at the people who did get picked and the people who are getting independent contracts uh, uh, who are getting these contracts are still working independent shows tony storm working stardom of last week and um again pete dunn still working wxw so is Walter. So, like, I just didn't get that. It just comes off like a grain of salt for some of these people who just aren't getting looks. But, um, and David Starr is obviously a big, like, activist for everything at this point. Um, always filled with something, uh, w- w- always filled with comments about something. Oh, w- w- not, um, not, uh, it was at OTT, the promotion where he happened at. Um, but anyway, what, what's some of your comments that you have for this if uh, you guys caught up on this? Well, it wasn't a good look for David Starr, but I mean, as Will pointed out earlier in this extended period of open season, one of many ways you can get people talking about you is to, in one way or another, take a shot at WWE or anything under its umbrella. Um, And that's what he's done. People are talking about him. So I guess if that was one of his goals, he accomplished that. But um I mean, I don't think it was a good look. People are already not talking about that anymore because of all the other good, all the other news that <laughs> has happened this week, right? So he had literally 15 minutes of fame. So I mean, I don't know ultimately what he's going to gain from this, other than the the followers he already has. Uh, but if he's satisfied with that, more power to him, right? Pete Dunn is going to continue. He and everyone else in NXT UK are going to continue to hopefully elevate British wrestling as they've been doing. And um, he, David Starr is going to be on the outside looking in seemingly. Uh, I think everybody, and, and you don't have to be a wrestler to understand what it means to be a contracted employee versus working in a place surrounded by tenured uh, employees and what that means and how different that is. And uh, his comments in general about the status quo of the business of professional wrestling and how it relates to its contracting employees, I generally agree that something needs to change. Um, and we've seen bigger wrestling promotions being slow to uh, administer any change in how it treats its contracting employees. Uh, Rusev actually had a funny line on the Twitter machine saying, like, um, that he, he, in response to a question, that I am not an employee. You know, he's just a contractor. Uh, we've seen other stories about how the lack of health care. Um, uh, Chavo and Alberto Del Rio, they're going to provide health care for their new promotion in Mexico for their employees. And um, other companies see them as employees. AEW has wrestlers as employees um, and also some under contract as well. So, uh, but obviously the biggest you know, dog in the room doesn't really have any employees. They're like Uber. You know, they just got a bunch of dudes working there, but nobody actually works there. So, but you can't leave. Well, if I'm a contractor... Or, or freelancer, but I can't leave. I'm not an employee. These things need to change. And I think in that regard, he's absolutely right. And uh, David Starr being like pretty much pro-Israel definitely has a beef with Saudi Arabia and WWE's uh, engagement with them. So that, that's always going to be a thing. Um, I mean, it kind of is what it is, but 
honestly, it really is up to the wrestlers, as we've seen in many different avenues where people take on a little bit more than they can handle. We've seen it in the music, we've seen it in the movies where people go like, well, my first CD didn't sold a million copies, but I only received $10,000 because I didn't know any better. And hopefully that will change, but I think this is kind of the change, the push in that direction of change, and I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I mean, David Starr, is, he's making points that, you know, they, they, they've they been made before. It, it's the nature of, of how wrestling's been set up with everyone being an independent contractor and not having benefits and stuff like that. And obviously, yeah, it'd be great for, for that to change and for things to be done differently. I think what it's going to take, though, is it's not going to be a matter of, okay, David Starr is making these independent T-shirts and has guys all these guys taking photos saying independent. Th- that ain't going to do it. It can raise awareness, but what's going to have to happen is another company, a substantial company, a substantial place where people will go, maybe it will be AEW, who knows, is going to have to offer something different that will then in turn force WWE's hand. It happened in the 90s with WCW when WCW started offering guaranteed money and people were like, hey, I can go here and... I'm going to get a deal for I'm going to work 150 dates and I know I'm going to make 300 grand. That's when people started leaving. That's what got Scott Hall and Kevin Nash to leave. And so once that happened, then Vince had to change how he did business. He couldn't sit back and be like, well, I'm only going to offer you, you know, uh, so much a night. And hopefully, you know, if you get enough nights, then, you know, you'll make this much, but there was no kind of guarantee from WWE back then that changed once WCW started doing things differently and everyone started jumping ship. So if someone like an AEW starts offering up benefits of some sort, then, hey, great. Then WWE would have to get in the game and they'd have to make changes like that. Yeah, it'd be great for it to happen. David Starr's T-shirts on the outside ain't going to make that happen. But well, it's a step. Maybe, it's a start. Yeah, it, It's a start. And I think it does start a very much needed conversation uh, it, it's not necessarily an us versus them scenario. Uh, obviously, get in where you fit in anywhere you can. I don't, you know, as a, as a contracting employee, per my profession, I'm not like jealous of the people that aren't, that are that work for the company. But it's like, you know, I understand that they have perks that I don't and I have perks that they don't. And it just, it is what it is. With right. that said, there are some basic things like health insurance and 401ks and stuff like that, that you kind of should have per your company no matter where you're contracted with and obviously as a person that's you know for disclosure i'm in a union it's um that you know backing does you know have a lot of help and wrestlers aren't unionized which is another thing that probably could happen to change the way companies look at look at contracting employees as well but that's you know years down the road and the the union debate has been a thing that's very polarizing over like the last 20 30 years as well so it's not the end all, of course not, but you still have to plant the seed to grow a forest. Yeah. And I think that's what he's doing now. Yeah, again, the, the comment from the tweet was from Nathan Cruz, and he was like, there was a time in my career where I was so fixated on getting the big company contract that I couldn't appreciate what I had. Bad things happened to us. Uh, bad, bad things happened for us to learn and grow. I couldn't be more proud to say I'm independent. 17 days. Hashtag we are independent. I mean, okay. Um, that's going to wrap up the show because, like, again, Pete Dunn, he, he retweeted it and laughed at it because it's like 
if that don't come off as bitter as I can, it's just like you said, wearing a t-shirt does bring awareness, but it doesn't indicate the fact that like it took you this long to realize you're a private contractor that you you have to invest in yourself. If the, the opportunity comes, then it comes. But like if it took you this long to realize that you have to invest in yourself in order to get that to reach that that goal of getting that contract, well, that's why you are where you are right now. Well, so. we don't know. We don't, we don't know if it took him that long. We don't know if, you know, he had some kind of come to, you know, Yahweh moment where it's like, hey, maybe maybe his perspective was changed as he was chasing the big contract. When we had Jordan Grace on, her thing was like, no, I want to make the WWE. That's the end goal. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Uh, you're so much better than them. You're so much better than that. Please don't go to the main roster. You'll be buried. And she and, and well she she got a she got a contract. It, she, they didn't specify. No, 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 no. She didn't say. Uh, she said specifically, "I want to be in WWE because I, that's been my lifelong dream." Yeah, but I'm he, just saying that that's. I'm, I'm just saying, like in general, that that's kind of the goal for a lot of people that come up in wrestling. They want to be at WrestleMania in front of eighty thousand people. I, There's nothing wrong with that. I understood okay? his his tweet says he wanted to get the big contract. I, yeah, that could be synonymous with WWE. You know, damn well he ain't talking about TNA. Be <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants that. He needs he needs that slam anniversary moment. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, yeah. look, he got Jordan Grace's paid. Happy for every single day and absolutely. So absolutely, but I, but I do think though that it's it's a conversation that does need to be ha- be had. And it's not something that's going to start until somebody starts that conversation. And if it happens with a T-shirt, then so be it. But the, but nobody's like picking it in front of WWE's, uh, you know, uh, shows or anything like that yet. Mm-hmm. But you know, the the major sports have a union: uh, baseball, basketball, uh, hockey, and football. And look how much shit they had to go through to get that basic needs for, especially in football, for veterans after their football career is over, they're just tossed aside and they kill themselves. Mm. Not by and large, but too many have died from post-football-related injuries. I mean, sustained while playing the game. I mean, that, that's kind of insane. And I think in wrestling, especially when people get injured, I mean, we all know the famous bit about Vince McMahon ripping both of his quads out from just going getting into the ring. <laughs> and you tell me that he can't provide the same health insurance coverage for the people that actually do that every, every day? I, that's the conversation that's being that needs to be had. I'm gonna say this last statement, then I'm going, to, and then I'm just gonna end it there. I, what I want to say is that for them to not provide healthcare, they probably provide outlets for them to be covered, and it's a it's the ability for people to seek that in order for them to get coverage. Now, working for the government, you automatically get benefits upon your appointment contractors they are given outlets to get benefits but they have to go out in the way and do it and maybe that's what wwe does because general hall just got hurt and he got surgery the next day i'm sure he didn't if he didn't have some type of cover that wouldn't be happening quite frankly anybody who do get hurt we don't hear somebody saying well they got hurt but they're just chilling be- until they get the money together like most you know they cover if you get hurt in the ring they they cover that they pay for your anything that happens you know it, in their matches and stuff. Yeah. So, but well, anyway, short of we don't we don't know what the con- uh, contracts are either. There's one last thing that I that I want to read, and it's like kind of a public uh, health uh, thing. Uh, very quickly, if you went to, <laughs> if you went to the no, show no, in Indiana, no, 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 no. Goodbye. End of the show. Thank you for listening. I think we're at an hour and thirty minutes. Goodbye. And I automatically forgot that I did not even want to bring that up. Everybody be safe out there. Y'all have a great weekend. 
Uh, we will not be recording on the 4th of July. We will get something out next week, but don't look for us Thursday because it is 4th of July. We'll be having fun. But yeah, be safe out there. Even in independent shows, if you didn't know you really needed to get safe, you yeah, just get safe, especially uh, in Indiana. Definitely get safe. Happy Canada Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>